My name is uh, Darren Falwell. I'm uh, Chief Evangelist for, for IP Fabric. Um, who, uh, I don't know if you've realized, are diamond sponsors at this year's Cisco Live Amir. Um, if you want to come and see us later, over on Booth BO, sorry. Had to get that in marketing, I sat over here. So, um, joined by one of our customers, um, Julien Panto. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I will introduce myself. So, Julien Panto, I'm a connectivity solution architect in a large avionic manufacturer located in Europe. Sweet limit a little bit. And we have been working with IP Fabric since four years. And this session, just to introduce the journey we had, the use case, and how we have used the product in the whole, I would say, automation approach we have in the company. Thank you. So um, obviously, as, as Julian says, we've been working with uh, Airbus for a while. Um, what, um, uh, there was a kind of a program of work that uh, Airbus were, were progressing on. And uh, they had some initial requirements and everything that they wanted to, from the data. So we'll talk through some of that um, shortly. Um, uh, and then what we want to do is, is explain to you what the network assurance does for, um, for uh, Julian and his team. And then talk about how that uh, implementation has matured over time and the, the sorts of develops that, developments they're wanting to use that network data for. So that's the, the plan for the discussion today. So Julian, do you want to start with really what your requirements were for the network data you were looking for? Yeah. So like I said some four or five years ago, uh, we went to have a network automation program in the company. So starting from there, we take the approach is what is the framework we need to really have all the use case we wanted to do to be done. Um, we say, OK, we need to have a GitHub, GitLab way of storing codes. We need AWA Ansible. We say, OK, we need an API to expose the service to our customers or have a single point of executing things. And in the discovery, we realized that we lacked a standardized way of getting the data out of the network. Right. When I say standardized, because we were already getting the data in one way or another. But at each use cases, more or less, there was a new way of getting the data. The engineer were redoing the things that perhaps another one did two or three months before. And this is why we have looked on the market, tried to say, OK, can we have a tool, instead of doing our own, that can get the same things as a standardized way. And also additional business use case, I would say. Uh, we were having some internal customers that use the host data. And for example, we have the facility management team. They use this internally to determine how full the building are, or the hosting team, because they use that to cross-check their CMDB and data with the network information. And starting from there, we, just, we have two or three, I would say, vendors we were interested in, yeah. and then we choose uh, IP Fabric. So, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting you talk about that, that sort of um, that need for the structured and, and data that represents the whole network, right? That was, that was the important part to it. I think one of the things that our, our co-founders um, uh, realized very early on was that, that this sort of data source is very rare. To have access to uh, documentation of the network that's accurate, up-to-date, automated, um, in, in such a way that you can then access it and spread that data out uh, across the organization um, was key. 
So I just briefly wanted to touch on the things that IP Fabric does here and the sorts of data that's invo involved that we're talking about, just to give you a flavor of that. Um, what, what the product does is starts um, by discovering your network. So it crawls out through the network, collecting and gathering um, the information you see in blue here, the inventory of the devices, the configuration, the state, in order to understand what, what the network actually looks like at a point in time. And then from having that data, extracting um, topology information, understanding how those devices are interacting to deliver network service. This now gives you a, a measurable view of what the network looks like end to end. Um, because you understand all of the elements in the path from one point to another. And you can, because it's normalized data, you can compare across vendors, across different parts of the network, and understand, right, is the network doing the things that I need it to? Um, and the other aspect to it is this is done over time. So this isn't just a one-hit thing. Um, IP Fabric will capture snapshots of the network as often as you uh, require of it in order to, to see how the network is changing over time. And I think some of these, this normalization aspect and, uh, and having this end-to-end this -end holistic view of the network was key, I think, to some of the, the, the work that you had to do after that, right? So, sorry, I'm just, just this slide, we're just going to talk through a little about um, the journey, I suppose, with IP Fabric and what it's meant to, uh, to, to yourselves and your team in order to, uh, to, to use that data, I suppose, make the best use of that data. So, of course, the first thing we did, this is the initial setup. So, put the appliance and something like one day you have something visible because the first discovery takes the seed. The standardized part of the network is quite easy to discover. And quite quickly, you can have some data. You realize that all things are not the way we are thinking they were. But as long as you are doing this, there is also some life cycle things to be done, saying, OK, I'm saying that all oh, those things are not discovered. Why? Oh, they are not using the standard credential. OK, we update them. Oh, this network is not discovered. Why? Firewall flow are not open and standardized. So there is. While you expand the discovery, there is a whole approach of your network when you realize that 80% was right, correct, but you still have a lot of small discrepancies that you have to correct. And this was the first initial setup. And at the same time, um, we had some real use cases for projects that needed concrete data that more or less directly started to use IP Fabric for that. And then we have something we have called ongoing adoption. So we talked something like three years ago to two years ago period, two-year periods, where we really leverage IP fabrics to help us in the, I would say, day-to-day -day operation and standardization. Some use cases, like, for example, that BGP clearing of configuration. Yeah, for historical reasons, not everything was cleared. In IP fabric, you can have a clear inventory. OK, those, all those sessions are active. Why they are active? Perhaps I, I should check. Something has been removed, and we should do, do it. Um, then we had all the access switches that should follow a template that were not always followed, or an architecture that was not always followed. It was already done in the past with playbooks, manually, and so on. But now it's directly done in IP Fabric. At the same time, there was a big benefit for us. Like I've explained at the beginning, the team sometimes were redoing their own to getting the data. 
So they were losing time in operation yeah. to try to solve uh, an operational issue or an improvement requested to just get the data out of the network and then act on it. Uh, we have a large environment. We are talking about uh, uh, 6,000 switches, 8,000 access points, things like that. So for us, the way to scale is important. And one of the, benef one of the main benefits of Fabric is from there, it started to be kind of a hub. Now the operation team knows that they have to go at Fabric to get the data they need to help them in the operation. OS upgrades, as I said before, is one of the examples. When you are doing campaign of upgrades, always there is some that are missed for whatever reason. Or later on, there is a new switches come back from the inventory or replaced that are still in the older version and are not put correctly. Yeah. And this comes to my next point that we did also in the time. This is the intent rule. One of the features which is very nice, I would say, as a customer in IP Fabric is I can leverage filter rules on the different tables to say this is the way I want things to be done. And then from the central dashboard, you can check. So this was really the, I would say, expansion, ongoing uh, things. At the same time, but we use it for what it was supposed to be done at the beginning, automation use cases. Ah, OK. So for some example I can give the hosting decommissioning. When the hosting team wants to automate the DNS decommissioning, we ensure that it's not present in the R table, the CAM table, and the switches. So it helps us to automate, but with a qualification before trusting what they are requesting to us, things like that. So you mentioned um, automation, I guess key part to any automation ecosystem is that source of truth, right? Um, I'm guessing there was yeah. a use case there. So indeed, uh, I leave it for more or less the end. One of the things we did also with IPFabric is to help us to compare our source of truth and IPFabric as a state database. Meaning that for us, IPFabric is not the inventory. It's just a way to correct the inventory. This is the way we approach the standard change in a greenfield environment. If we were, I would say normally, in a perfect world, you should not have these direct changes at the end. Normally, all people should go to standard or automated changes. Yeah. Anyway, this is life. And when there is crisis <laughs> and so on, people can modify the system, which is a network in our case. And where we leverage IPFabric for that is IPFabric is discovering the network and storing that in a system. And we have done internal development to help us to compare the source of truth. Uh, today we use Netbox, but can be Notobot, NCOT, Divus42, whatever you want, to compare what we have in the source of truth and what we have in the state database. And I say to compare or to update. It depends. We have a logic saying, for example, an asset, a CI, should start come from in the source of truth. I will not create a device because I've seen it in the state database. Yeah. I will pull up in a report saying, hey, this is wrong. You should create it. But adding a device in the source of truth, this is a human decision. But for example, what we get out of Fabric is updating the serial, uh, updating the version of the devices. This is not variable action for human. There, we leverage Fabric to update the information into the source of truth. Yeah, I guess 
um, we talk about um, different types of truth, I suppose, in the network yeah. when we're talking to customers. And I think um, what we like to think of is IP Fabric is that observed truth, that state of the network as it actually is. Whereas the net box in the automation process is that state of statement of intended truth. It's what you want the network to look like. So what, what I guess you've done here is you've used IP Fabric to measure the distance between how you intend the network to be and how it actually is. And then, well, I suppose have a feedback loop almost into the automation. Yes, that's it. So thank you for the insight, because I think that's a really interesting point that, that can be missed in the, uh, in the path. And I guess that, that fact that IP Fabric is, is doing that discovery, doing that collection for you, means that you've not got to code it yourself uh, and spend the time on, on looking after that side of things. Ah, awesome, thank you. Um, so I guess from there, uh, Julian, been, everything's done, right? Your network's fully automated, you're doing everything. You, you have no more need for the data, is that right? No. What we did afterward is what we call scope expansion. Right. So uh, this year, started last year and this year, uh, we discovered the, what we call the roof, the rest of the world. Uh, the way we are structured, we have a main IT part in Europe, and we have independent companies across the world. Uh, those independent companies, they manage their own IT. They should be follow the enterprise governance standard. In practical, they do and often do not do, do, do it. So we have used Prefabric for us to get a continuous way of getting the information of those environments to compare to what they should be. Does they follow the right version upgrade? Does they follow? Does they have .1x at the access everywhere? This supposed to, but then we can do that in a structured and consistent way. Of course, we are already doing that in an audit base. So it meaning that time, you do an audit every two years, because it takes time, then things are drifting, and then you correct things that are drifting, and then see you later in two years. What we are leveraging in IP Fabric now is trying to do it in a yeah. consistent and consistent I was going to way. say, so, so often that, that sort of problem will be highlighted in an audit process. Yeah. That might happen once a year, but what you're able to do, I suppose, with because the system's doing this for you, it's doing it daily, so you're able to see that drift almost before it happens or as it happens. And when I say scope expansion, I talk about geographical, mm -hmm. but also functional. Okay. For example, we have done a large migration to a new monitoring system, so a tool called Zavix, and we have used IP Fabric as a way to structure and create the map. So it's right. saying that we structure, we create the map in IP Fabric, and this representation, instead of manually doing it to Zabbix with XML and so on, we directly take it out and import it into Zabbix. Same, we have to play with the API on both sides, IP Fabric and Zabbix. But it's quite nice because when a new device comes in, we can clearly put it on the map. IP Fabric is doing the designing for us. We have to help it. Of course. Because like all graph-based discovery system, yeah. there is some intelligence at the beginning, but you have to adapt it to what you want. But it was another scope expansion with it. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point that, that obviously we, we're talking a lot about the data that's in IP Fabric and, and how you can use that in other systems. We have a, a very um, thorough API, very thorough REST API in order to allow you to pull that data through. There's also a UI uh, that sits on top of this and does a lot of the visualization for you. So things like the topology mapping and everything, which is derived from the relationships that we've pulled through from the devices themselves, 
we're creating that, that constantly updated view so that you don't have to. The network engineer doesn't have to sit down and draw visio diagrams of the network that they've already got because we'll do that for you. Um, and I guess being able to lift those diagrams out and that visualization out of the platform and use it in other ways allows you to enrich, I suppose, the, the, the wider tooling. Yeah. And what we call what we try to move forward is really a data-centric network, a way to really get the leverage of the data and use it in the business process. One of the main examples I can explain, this is something we call subnet automation and group attribute, Saga project, where the logic is the way IPAM is managed in large enterprise is mainly manual. There is some intent to tag the subnet to say, OK, I will know where the subnet is a campus subnet, this is a data center subnet, this is a user subnet. But this relies a lot of time with manual process, people tagging it manually. What we are trying to leverage is, as long as we standardize the network architecture, I know the role for my data center distribution. I know the role for my campus distribution. And we have Pfabric, I can easily see the routing table of the device and the directly connected route on those devices. So if a subnet is directly connected on a campus distribution, by, by nature, this is a campus subnet. If it's directly connected on a data center distribution, this is a data center subnet. And the same for user based on other logic. The site, the same. When we see the device, the subnet in a site as directly connected, I'm almost sure that this subnet is linked to a particular site. Yeah. So what we have done with IP Fabric help and netbox information as well is help us to enrich our IPAM information. For why? For a simple use case that people using firewall rules will know that when a new network arrives in, into the environment, there is some processes to say, hey, a new network is arriving, please add it into the right firewall groups. But a lot of the time, the request is not starting from there, but from a user incident saying, hey, I should access from this environment to this tool, and it's not the case. So once we have the logic of tagging all the subnet, we have automating the firewall rule creation, the firewall groups creation that is being used in the firewall rule afterward. With just combination saying, don't know, for the administration of the access point, saying, okay, all the access points are now in the specific network. This network is tagged that way. I will open the firewall rule for the controller to access all the access points with one unique group. And if a new site is deployed, a new building is deployed, it will be tagged automatically and added automatically afterward. I guess from a, from a tooling point of view, and I'm just thinking how, how those, all those things are interrelated, because what you're saying here is that you've got various elements of tooling that you're using in your, in your more, more business-facing processes. Um, things like the IPAM, things like the monitoring and the, uh, and the firewall management. Um, as things, uh, initially those things have to be populated, right? You have to have some data that represents the network in those things for them to be useful initially. But then as things change in the network, so they have to be updated accurately to reflect what's actually in the network. Because IP Fabric is, is gathering that information for you in the snapshots, I guess you're able to do that comparison to say what's changed day to day and then use that information to make sure that those tools are also updated, educating the whole process. So you, you know what IP addresses are in the network. You know where they're rooted and so on. What is important to understand is, IP Fabric, like you said, is you get the data. 
but hyperfabric doesn't have the knowledge of your network yeah. in, a, in a term of business knowledge. So this is a great tool to help you to get this technical data, yeah. but what we have to do afterward is try to ingest your knowledge of your environment and to combine both of them, then you can get value of it. Yeah, and, and it comes back to what we were talking at the beginning, at having that, that full view what you're doing is you're you're augmenting the the, the, the tooling that, that the network practitioner needs to use. So you're not you're not replacing anything. What you're doing is helping everybody be more consistent, be more efficient, um, and have that that consistent view of the whole network. Yeah, and something that we have done. I've mentioned that we have external businesses using our data, and what we've done also we have done an API exposing not directly IP fabric because. But the API pass changes. Yeah. Sometimes we do other, we do expose other type of data. So the business now have an API gateway to be able to get the information out of FAP Fabric, and they use it afterwards in the environment. One of the examples we have, uh, we have a large product in terms of enterprise security threat modeling, where they model in a graph database uh, the business processes, different CV, the asset. Uh, to be able to link, I will say, the different, when there is a threat or an issue, yeah. what business process, what IT asset will be impacted. And we have helped them, and we have used IP Fabric for helping them to model the network in this right. large enterprise modeling. So I guess, again, what you're able to then do is take an application and say, an application talks from here to here. What is the infrastructure that sits underneath that application in order to make those associations and then it can feed into all of the processes around. And if this application is broken down for whatever reason, what business process is implied behind, what part of the company will be impacted right. with this kind of issue. So this is a, we are just a small piece of the code, I would say, in this, but it's helped a lot because this is, the network is the glue, I would say, helping linking things together. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we do, we do our part. And of course, it can be super useful for all of those other uh, IT teams around who, who need access to, to that network data. Um, you mentioned something that was interesting to me as well, this idea of taking the data and presenting it in a different form for people to consume without actually having to log into the platform at all, or even know the platform's there, mm. because it's gathering that data and, and publishing it, in effect. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of also extracting, I would say, data, what we have and what we are rebuilding with IP Fabric is what we call the NetDB. Um, the businesses, some part of them, are not interesting in the internal of the network. That We leverage that a lot as technical people using yeah. IP Fabric, network people, and security people. But at the end, people are interesting as their on point, whether it be user, server, connected on the edge of the network. And we had an homegrown tool for that, where we collect all the users' okay. information, where they are, did they move, and we expose that to our business through a web application. And we are right now, for example, re-leveraging the discovery we are doing before with IP Fabric Data fully. And at the same time, we augment it with uh, ICE information. Right. So for those aware of PixGrid, where you can, in real time, get the session out of the tool. So it's helped us to have IP fabric discovery, but which are snapshot, a point in time. And then between snapshot, we will leverage ICE PixGrid for the dynamic part of the campus sure. to have more or less real time information, not for everything that IP fabric is discovering, yeah. but just the host. 
which is the key part where people are interested. Yeah, but that's it, being able to track where people are, yeah. because otherwise you'd be trying to just constantly discover the network to tra trace people through the network, right? And, yeah. and I guess ICE is giving you the visibility of uh, wired people, wireless people, whoever is connecting to the network, using that authentication to, to connect. And not only this is also why we have, we want to leverage, I would say, tools, but we also have to do homemade development. Yeah. For example, we have a cellular core, so we have private 4G, and Applefabric is not able to discover private 4G. No. This is a specific technology, and we use this information to get the client connected to private yeah. 4G and to get that. So you're combining information sources, basically, to give that, that complete view of, of, of all the aspects in the network and beyond. Yeah, but this is not only limited to Epifabric. When you have a large network, often the solutions that have been offered are not fitting all the gap. So yeah. you may have to combine some of the things by yourself to get a real solution adapted to your needs. But what we try to do is, as much as we can, reusing tooling. And sometimes, like we have done with Epifabric, when you have homemade tooling before, yeah. when there is a business, maintain solution, reuse it instead of keep it doing your own. Excellent. So that data, I guess, I guess to some extent, it turns, turns you into data scientists, right? Because you're, you're, you're make, bringing data together, combining it, manipulating it to present a service uh, out to your customer effectively. This is, I will not say data scientist because <laughs> I know them fine. There is still much forward. When you know a domain, sure. as long as you progress, you realize there is still more things yeah. behind. But the way clearly is to have a more data-centric approach yeah, yeah. to leverage what you have. And what I really appreciate in IP Fabric is a lot of time. Now I'm not spending time to getting the data right. and spending time on analyzing them. Right. Something which is also important to mention in the way we have changed the way we work. Uh, I've noticed that often when I'm troubleshooting, before you were launching six, ten different SSH sessions on the different devices where you have the issue to try to troubleshoot them. Yep. Now the first thing I'm doing is going to IP Fabric. Then I get the basic data, the graph, and so on. And I open the session to do the advanced troubleshooting, yep. but only where they did. I don't have any more to follow a MAC address yeah. across the port channel, uh, the chain, and so on. I'm directly doing that, and we, you troubleshoot at the end device directly instead of trying to yeah. get the information. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I feel your pain on that one, that uh, for, for sure. So it's uh, yeah, it's good to know that that's not a, a part of your day-to-day -day activity anymore. Um, Julian, um, do you have any sort of last things you want to share with us before we close, or are you you happy that? Uh, no, we have shared a lot. Um, globally speaking, Hyperfabric is a nice tool. It was not a perfect tool. We have worked a lot together to create uh, feature requests, bug fees, but it's already, I would say, a key part of our tool chain today, uh, and we are, I would say, happy with it. But I think the important point here is that uh, as a strategic partner, you're able to work very closely with uh, the engineering teams and with the product teams to, to help um, uh, make sure, I suppose, that this is com continuing to function the way you need it to, to, to develop all these new capabilities, and right? One of the examples we can say is, for example, since a long time, one year and a half, two years, we said, oh, the discovery time is too long for us. Uh, yeah. It was something like five hours and a half, six hours sometime, depending. And now with the latest release, we are now down to three hours, two hours, 40. And 
do to the jobs that we are done together to say, okay, how can we scale in a large environment? How can we improve? And I know that you are working on even further yeah, improvement. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's an important point to, for the product team in particular, get um, a lot from working very closely with yourselves and with, with our other strategic customers as well. So uh, it's a key part of that relationship. Well, listen, I'm I think we're going to wrap up there, but yep. thank you very much for your time. Really thank do you, appreciate man. it. Um, if anyone's interested in finding out more about IP Fabric, we, as I mentioned before, uh, are on B- B03 over in World of Solutions. Um, opportunities to look at demonstrations and talk through some of the things that, uh, uh, that Julian's shared with us today. Um, just want to thank you for your time and hope you enjoy the rest of Cisco Live. Good.